are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts, Q and J, as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one. Okay, you, you invited me. You invited me as they were on their way here. You were like, oh, by the way, Alex and Jess are coming over. <laughs> no, like today? Game of Thrones. No, no, like before? Yeah, the no, first night. But you said, yeah, but they they asked us to do that. Mm-hmm. And you can suck my dick because the, the first time Again? I asked you, you were, like, you were like, oh, no, I'll do it with my sister. And we do it watch every other week, so I can't. So, of course, I'm not going to ask you again because the be, answer is going to be the same. To be fair. I told you that after you were like, by the way, you could watch it with us here after we get done recording. And I said, oh, well, sorry, I'm watching it with my sister. And you were like, oh, that's totally cool. I just didn't want you to feel excluded, even though I invited and planned this whole thing before even talking to you about it. I didn't invite (laughs) and plan nothing. My wife did. It's cool. And you know that. You know that for a fact. It's totally cool. No, uh, it's not totally cool because I didn't wrong you in any way. And I haven't asked you since then because you said you had recurring plans with your sister. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be worried about it. Game of Thrones is awesome this season, and you're the one that's not getting to witness it with our one-year-old baby who we may watch. (laughs) To be fair, though, is Game of Thrones awesome this season? Yeah. Do you not like it? Huh? Come on, you didn't cry last episode with I'm going to be honest, it's okay. I, it's not my favorite season. D.B. Weiss would cry, Terry. He probably that. would. And you know what I started to think? I think it might be the foreknowledge that I know that they are no longer going off of books. Mm. So I am immediately seeing it at some weird deficit, just like, you know. Right. Well, some of it, okay, but to be fair, a lot of it's still with the books. Like, all the brand stuff has already happened in the books. King's Moot on the Iron Islands has already happened in the books. The only thing so far that's off the books is Jon Snow and Sansa and everything happening in castle black or everything else and like some of the <laughs> the amount of stuff that you're listing is is like you know everything that's going on with all <laughs> no, of the characters bullshit. and all of the locations like, okay so all the brand stuff the big reveals of hodor that's i mean the big reveal of hodor hadn't hadn't been in the book Damn, that you're was, right that was sad Man. I mean, I will admit that was sad. It pulled in my heartstrings, but then it made me really mad at scene. Bran. Everybody. Because I'm like, fucking Bran, Bran did this. Bran does everything. Think back. Bran is responsible for everything in that show. He's the catalyst for everything. Do you know He's what the I one that gets realized? pushed out of the window. Nope. That starts the show. Yes. Like, he starts that. He's the reason that Caitlin's, Catelyn Stark stays behind at Winterfell and doesn't go with Ned to King's, King's Landing. I was about to say King's oh, yeah. Island, but yeah, that's Yeah, I was like, part. they're going to King's Island? Yeah, like, with the wrong goes. That was some weird cross-promotion <laughs> that they tried to do. But no, so she's the reason he doesn't go. And so he's, that's for the reason he probably gets killed. He he's, leaves Winterfell. He goes back in time and has the White Walkers touch him. He's the catalyst for everything. And I have a theory about it. That is true. I think Bran is the servant of time as a force, as an entity. Because, I mean, think back in Game of Thrones history, if you know, if you know it. I'm about to go super nerdy. The guy who built the <laughs> Castle about Black. About to go? You yeah. already did. Uh, Castle Black and the, and the wall was Bran yeah. the Builder. Yeah. The very first person who built Winterfell was named Brandon Stark. There's been like four Brandon Starks throughout history. What if this Brandon is just all of them combined going back in time and fucking with things? Like he's... So you think the whole show is basically going to suddenly become a time travel show? It could be. 
Which is great because that's what we're talking about. That's this what we're week. talking about right now. I wish, wish we were recording. We are recording. So this is a perfect long? time to start. This is a segue for a long time. Hearing you just nerd out awesome. <laughs> about it. So and well, you know now people know the truth about how I wasn't invited to your viewing party. So that's, you were. <laughs> it's all good. You, no, no. you know what? Let's make it up by high fiving and starting our episode. Let's do it. High five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. For a second, I thought you were just making fun of me. I no, like, why would I? High five! <laughs> for I'm pretentious. I'm always making fun of you. I don't have a higher voice to talk like this. Thank you. Even though really that doesn't sound that. like you at all. See, now finally the world. Oh, we're recording again, by the way. So now the world can see how mean you are to me. I'm so mean. Behind the scenes. I'm mean to everybody, though. Except, except, uh, no, everybody. You know, if you could go back in time, would you take back being back mean to me? Back in time. No. I didn't think so. Oh, Damn it. I sing too much on this show. <laughs> I like I like your singing. Good, good. It makes no me one happy else, in my heart. No one does. else does. So is this this episode's brought brought to everybody by beardmoney.com again, right? Beardmoney.com. And you can even put in the http colon backslash backslash www. You do not need that anymore. Everybody. Beardmoney. No, don't do that. Beardmoneyonward.com. And then what can they do when they get there when they're ready? Ready to check out. Well, one, they can buy the awesome shirts that we're wearing right now. I like which are fantastic. Shirt. We're actually, people can't see it right now, but we're super twinsies. We are. We're wearing the same dope beard. dope beard shirt. It's my favorite one. I actually wear this every night. It's super comfortable. Anyway, sorry. Uh, they can get to there. They can buy beard oil, which I use, and it's great. And they can use High Five as their code and yep. get 20%, 20% off. That's right. You work that out with them. 20%. They're actually really cool. They so. are super awesome, folks. We love them. We love their stuff. You should love their stuff, yeah. too. And and it should inspire you to grow a beard because anyone who doesn't have yeah. a beard, well, isn't us. Yeah, they isn't. They definitely aren't. They definitely aren't us. So, so they're, this great. episode that they're bringing, they're bringing everyone it. is our time travel episode. Time travel. This is a favorite of yours, right? This is one of my favorite subjects ever. It, I, I love making my brain hurt watching movies that make me consider multiple time periods. That to me was, yeah, you know, I know we'll talk about it or let's get into it now. Like with yep. time travel movies, I, I have to have my brain be hurt by it. So all the ones on my list in some way hurt the thought process. Like I think that's a, a, a an equ- like an equated purpose. It has to yeah. happen with this because if it doesn't, like time fucks with everybody. And if you start to think of time as an in- unlinear process, or a flat circle, or a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all, all right. flat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it has to feel uncomfortable because that's the only thing that we're familiar with. Yeah. Um, now I. I know your list is probably just five mentions of About Time or The Time Traveler's Wife. That's, well, the, are there other time travel movies? Nope. Okay. Well, there I, were a ton, though. Can I say how hard this yeah, was? Yeah. It was super hard to, to narrow these down to five because there are, you know, I'll go through honorable mentions, but. You know, time travel is, you have the big ones that we'll probably mention on our list, but then like Days of Future Past is kind of a time, time travel travel-y. movie. Well, you, time have, you have time travel, and then you have time travel light, which is... <laughs> well, what's time travel right. light? So it's like diet time travel. It's like the <laughs> spinoff cousin of the official brand time travel. <laughs> time travel zero. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. It has zero calories. Clear. Slightly, time travel clear. Yes. That was a really From the good, 80s. Yeah, yeah, from the 80s. Then it went um, away. There was... Um, 
so basically you have movies that their primary focus is time travel mm-hmm. and then you have time travel light which the the focus of the movie doesn't really have to do with time travel but time travel is used as a functional device in the movie to move characters around right so time travel movies or time travel light and i would consider days of future past and a time travel movie without time travel that movie doesn't happen. That movie doesn't happen at now, all. Now, it is like you time travel pretty much once, and then the rest of the movie takes place, so it's not like people bouncing around. Exactly. So it's not a huge element of function in the movie, but it does establish the movie. It is the establishing right. principle. And part of the aesthetic, too, is you know they give it that because it takes place, what, it was 70s, right? Yeah, 70s. So they definitely were like, you know, they use that as an opportunity to make it a hard period piece. Right. Which, know? can I say how weird it is that... X-Men Apocalypse takes place in the 90s? 80s. I think. It's in the 80s. It's 80s. It's so weird to feel, you know, because I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so when a movie is set in the past and it's like the 90s or the early 80s, I'm like, this isn't in the past. This is a normal movie. You're going to love this, and I don't know if you've read this yet, but so they they were interviewing Brian Singer Mm -hmm. about the next X-Men movie. He's going to bring the cast back. He's going to do the next one. He's going to bring the cast, but he said they're, and Simon Kinberg, the guy who's Uh who's helping guide the, it with him um they're going to set it in the 90s that's amazing and he actually he actually Slap stated bracelets. it like it was a period piece and i was like <laughs> so that to, to fit what you were saying so that seems so odd to me it, it feels off but I, I it has to feel that way for like my parents when movies are set in the 70s oh crap what's going on oh i think i hit my thing um but like when movies are set in the 70s or 80s uh-huh. in my parents feel weird about it like that has to help be how it feels i guess for us i mean a movie set in the 90s sounds so dumb yeah because you're like you're like okay well that's just there wasn't anything like when i think back to the 90s like obviously we could come up with a list of things oh yeah like no internet slap bracelets nintendo 64 for some reason because we were there it doesn't feel like a time period it feels my it feels like my normal life right like not much has changed besides technology that would be like we're gonna set the next x-men movie Yesterday, <laughs> it's like whoa, time travel. <laughs> whoa, that mind blowing. Yeah. So you've got time travel, you've got time travel light, but then there's what I would call like curious time travel. So, uh-huh. and these these will get into some honorable mentions, but like Donnie Darko, people consider a time travel movie. I do not. Okay, I think it's so far past the Donnie like the light. Time travel isn't a functional element of that movie. It's a mystery surrounding it. Like, is it time travel? Was it a dream? You know. Spoiler. Did you watch the director's cut though? Yeah, oh yeah, I love that movie. Okay, so you know that he did come out and say that it was officially time travel. Yeah, but I still don't agree with him. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I just want to make sure because yeah. you were like, I don't think it is. And I I'm don't. like, well, the director would probably beg to differ. I don't care. <laughs> like because the movie, if you just watch it without that commentary, doesn't scream time travel except for the book that he's given. <laughs> to be fair though, that movie doesn't scream a lot of things. I it's, love it's, that movie. I love it, but it is really, really 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 up to interpretation yeah so that's not like that's not on my list that's fair because i don't feel like that's a time travel movie but there are some that could be questionable that are on my list can i give you one that i that is an honorable mention for me that i would say is maybe not a time travel movie go for it uh safety not guaranteed that was uh, that was the other one i was going to bring up because the whole movie is based around the concept of time travel and then the only the spoiler alert last scene establishes whether or not that's true exactly So so it's really not 
I wouldn't consider it a time travel movie. They talk about it a lot, and then there's a funny ending. Right. But that's it. But that's it. It's more of a character study that happens to do with time travel. So there are a ton of movies. So the top five for me were ones that either fucked with my head somehow. I agree. Or made me really think about what time meant. Well, I told you how I got my list. You went into the future. Wait, no. Yeah. Is that right? Right. I went into the future. I listened to our episode. I got my list. I brought it back. So you can have the list that's in the episode. Yeah, my I am, and you wow. know what that's called—a bootstrap paradox. You just gillimized the shit out of me. I did. Does your head hurt now? It does. How's that for some it does. travel? So then the real question is, who created the list? Did I create the list by going to the future, seeing the list that I created, and bringing it back with me, or did the list create itself? Let me call. Let me call forth from my loins an answer from my childhood. That's the answer to every question I was asked as a child. Okay, perfect. Jesus. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Jesus got it. Yeah, that's right. Way to go! All right, so for everybody, you're about to hear Jesus's list, and this is amazing. So I'll start. Yes, being do. Jesus. No, okay. But I do want to do <laughs> start being Jesus. Yeah. Right. It's gonna be a, a, in the future, in the past. Jay just became. <laughs> it all makes sense now. It's a mystery within a mystery within a mystery. I incepted the shit out of Jesus. You did. <laughs> oh, oh, you better. You better. You better Better get to this, this list before things get already been super sacrilegious. Deemed. Oh man! But I do want to go. The Catholic Church is already protesting this episode in the future, and it hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> it hurts though. It does. Um, okay, so but some honorable mentions more because they didn't make my list. And I want yeah. them to. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Uh huh. Love that one. Time Crimes. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. The <gasps> Nacho Vigalondo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Super low budget, but amazingly good. That is about a time travel. Really good time travel. Movie. So, but it didn't make my list. So That's I'll tell you how good my list. That kind of makes me very excited for your list. And then Terminator. Okay. That didn't make you know my what? list, but it's a fantastic time travel none, movie. None of those made mine either, so I can 100% go with that. Awesome. I'm also originally on my uh, honorable mentions, I've got Donnie Darko. Uh, so do I, but I already talked about that um, one. And so, yeah, but you've cleared my list. I've cleared okay. our honorable mentions. Okay, so let's Num- get five to your through three. List. Yeah, let's do it. And this is the one that might or might not be considered a time travel movie, but I very much do for weird reasons. Okay. Groundhog Day. All right. By Harold Ramis. Yeah. Well, I know you love that movie, I, and I, I can quote every line from that movie. It's my favorite, but he repeats time. Yeah. So he travels in that time loop over and over and over, like 300-something times. I think there was a, someone online did the math, and it's like 400-something times that he goes That's through crazy. the loop. Because of the amount of time it would take to learn the piano like that. Oh, so they calculated the it by like... How, like real world, like yeah. how long it would take for him yeah. to do this. Literally how long it would take to build the That's skills to awesome. those levels for a normal human and being. And also, that means that person has way <laughs> too, too much time on their hands. Too much time on my hands. Don't do, know do, what do. to do. <laughs> That's my number five. One of my favorite movies ever. Um, the last one that Bill Murray and Hal Ramis did before they had their falling out, their very yeah. famous falling out. But it is one of the funniest movies ever. In my opinion, um, it's on my top ten list of my favorite comedies. That was on one of our previous lists, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which list was that? I don't remember. I don't either. We'll have to go back in time to That's find what out. I, I was going to suggest that our listeners go back in time and find <laughs> that episode. Because you have some amazing insight on behind-the-scenes stuff yeah. that you even blew my mind on. Yeah, about their falling out yeah. and the, the connection they made right before he, uh, Harold Ramis died. And yeah. Um, but I love that movie. Stephen Toblowski has my favorite scenes when he keeps stepping in the puddle. Like, Bill Murray keeps stepping in the puddle. Yeah. 
Yes. And um, I think that's fantastic. But just... Uh, it was rom-coms. It was our yeah. rom-com episode. It was. It yeah. was. Everybody go listen to our rom-com episode. Listen to Jay talk at amazingly awesome length about the coolness of Groundhog Day. Okay. And since I've talked about it before, I'll yep. just move on. So that's my number five, and I think it's a great number five. I love it. Number four, and this to make my wife happy, Looper. All right. I think Looper is not only one of Ryan Johnson's best, which that's tough to say considering he had Brick, he had – no. Yeah, Brick, um, and he had yep. um, a couple episodes Brothers, of Breaking Bad. Brothers Bloom. Brothers Broom. Brothers Bloom. Brothers Bloom. That's a different movie. Brothers Broom. Yeah. Um, this is a porn version of Brothers Bloom. <laughs> and he had one of my favorite episodes of Breaking Bad. So he's a fantastic director, and I will watch anything he makes. But Are you going to watch Star Wars Episode Eight? Oh, of course. Because he's making I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he hasn't made it yet, so I didn't mention it. That's but... Right. Looper is amazing. Mm-hmm. The you know Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Brad Pitt establishment is the, like that time fuck is really hurts Wait, your head, who? which is great. You said Brad Brad Pitt. I did. No Brad Pitt. No Brad Pitt. <laughs> Bruce, said, Willis. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Uh, I said Brad Pitt. You said oh, Brad shit. Pitt. You went full twelve monkeys on oh, this. <laughs> damn it. Uh, we'll probably find out why later. Um, but yeah. So okay, Brad Pitt. <laughs> or Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce Willis uh, is, yeah. a, is fantastic in it. I agree. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fantastic in everything. And the scene where the guy's running and his body parts are disintegrating. That's one of my favorite scenes. It's so brilliantly done, so amazingly shot. Uh, Ryan Johnson did such a good job with it. It just it blew my mind in every way. And you know, so much so that we spent money and have a physical copy of it in this age of digital movies. Like, we own that movie. What? Yeah, I know. Like it's on this, physically? It's on this thing. It's weird. It's called a blue ray. And you put it into a player. Blue ray. I know. It's 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 not the color blue, but it's the blue Are ray. Are you from the past? I am. <laughs> I've come into the future to tell you about mediocre technology from the early aughts. <laughs> wow. It's that's amazing. Crazy. But so we love that movie and that's my number four. I really like that. Number three. This is gonna get into mindfuck territory. All right, here we go. Primer. Right. Please tell me you've seen Primer. Oh, of course I've seen Primer. Shane Carruth is, I mean, his uh, Upstream Color is a fantastic film, but Primer is one of those movies that it is not easy. It's not for everybody either. Like, you have to really dedicate yourself to watching it. You have to dedicate yourself to watching that movie almost as you would like a physics textbook. Oh, 100%. but it's extremely entertaining. Shane made that film on a super low budget and with an amazing story that deals with duplicates and clones and time travel in a way that, in my opinion, has never been done before it's so complicated and so scientific that it sort of is a different experience altogether um so yeah primer has to be on this list somewhere for me and i probably watch that movie once a year and i still don't completely understand it i i really love that i'm i'm totally with you you're a uh, Shane Carruth fan? I am a Shane Carruth fan. Awesome. And I'm actually slightly surprised that that's not higher on your list because I know how much of a Shane Carruth fan you are. Well, when you hear my top two, I think you'll understand. That's totally fair. So, so far, I love your, your yeah. three. That's great. Number so, five, yeah. Groundhog Day. Four, Looper. Three, Primer. Yeah, I really, really dig that a lot. So that's it. So but I can get behind it. Can you, can you beat it? Um, I think I can beat it. 
I don't think so. I know I can beat it, actually, because when I was in the future, you, at the end of this episode, admitted defeat that my list is better than yours. Well, now that you've told me that, I think I'll change the future, and so you don't know what's going to happen. You can't change I'm going to daze a future past the shit out of this. Oh, fuck. That means you're going to become Mystique and go back and try and kill Peter uh, Dinklage? (laughs) Peter Dinklage, (laughs) but yeah. We were actually just watching the X-Men old animated series with my daughter, and she she loves it, but they have a Days of Future Past double episode, and it's Gambit, who is my favorite uh, X-Men, X-Men. Outside of the time when Deadpool is an X-Man. But really Gambit like is my favorite X-Man, and he's the one that Mystique pretends to be when she assassinates the senator. So, uh, Ooh, anyway. I like that. Anyway, sorry. It's your no, list time. It. Yep, it sure is. So, you ready for this? I'm probably not. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, my number five uh-huh. is... Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Hey, I had that in my honorable you mentions. Nice. I love this movie. So funny. It's amazing. I like its sequel. A lot of people don't like the sequel, but it had less to do with time travel, more like alternate dimension travel and death. I mean, but anything with George Carlin in a primary functional role, that's why I love Kevin Smith movies, but All hail anything, Carlin. right, anything with him in it, I'm going to love. I thought, I thought that movie was fantastic. Um, I love that they have both gone on to such a wealth of success. Yeah. Keanu Reeves had, well, every movie and, um, uh, uh, winter, Alex winter, uh, did, uh, he works at Kinko's. Yeah. I think he's coming back for Bill and Ted three though. Amazing. Yeah. But, uh, I love that movie. I mean, the idea of the time traveling phone booth, you know, I'm a huge doctor who fan, right? So that's about as close as America got <laughs> to the police box that, uh, that the doctor travels in. Um, so I loved that first and foremost. Second off, I really love their vision of the future. I love that everybody wears these like overly large smock tunics, but that's like Blade Runner esque, like ev- almost every time travel movie or if they go into the future yeah. they have the single outfit and I forget what stand up comedian talks about it and maybe Jerry Seinfeld but I probably am wrong about that but he said he loves them in future movies because we've just agreed that one outfit is better and almost every one of them has that I absolutely agree um, oh. but I love the movie I think it's hilarious um, I have never since seeing that movie I've never pronounced Socrates correctly I always <laughs> call him Socrates Socrates yeah. Socrates um, so um, I love it. I love the princesses. I love uh, uh, Napoleon. I love that it's basically the entire movie is them cheating on an assignment so yeah. they don't get expelled. Exactly. <laughs> so that they can ultimately lead the world in a united peace right. as wild stallions. And if if we weren't certain enough already that rock music was going to save the world, we are after that movie. Can I tell you something weird about our show? So I keep something waiting else weird? For, for George Carlin to pop up in a phone booth and be like, guys, you guys are going to become the ultimate supreme leader of peace with High Five the podcast. If George Carlin showed up in a in a phone booth outside my house, that'd be the last thing I cared about. That is not true. You and me, we would go on an adventure oh. to save the world. Oh, J&Q's amazing it's adventure. Excellent adventure. Well, no, we can't just steal the name. That's true. Like right out of it. That's copyright. Yeah. So J and Q's amazing Amazing adventure, adventure. amazing excursion. We'll just switch it instead of excellent adventure EA. It's a amazing excursion. Can we hashtag this? Hashtag J and Q's amazing excursion. Yep, I love it. I love it. So I love your number four. Thank you. No, that's my number five. (laughs) I'm gonna love your number four though. (laughs) You will. You're right. So my number four, you ready for this one? We did talk about number four. 
Predestination. Really? Have you seen this movie? Sandra Bullock. Nope. Predestination is with Ethan Hawke. Oh, it's a what little am I thinking of? Uh, I don't know. Sandra Bullock uh, was Lake in House. A, <laughs> no, that's a Keanu Reeves. We, I know we were just talking about Keanu Reeves. So okay, I haven't seen this one yet. So tell us about it. Oh, but I don't want to spoil it. No, no. Well, tell us about it, but don't spoil it because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, but that's what makes it great. <laughs> Do it anyway. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. Predestination is awesome. Predestination is based off of a, premonition. A sh- is what I was thinking of. Oh, premonition. Which is technically kind of a time travel movie. Yeah, yeah, but no, not nearly as good as this movie. I interrupted the fuck out of you. You did. Please continue. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, uh, Predestination is based off of a short uh, short story called All You Zombies by Robert Heinlein. Right. Who is well-known sci-fi author. And he, I like, and I know you and I have talked off air about yeah. this, and I wanted to watch this, but I just... Heaven. All right, as much as it's going to pain me, I will try and remain spoiler free. Okay, okay, okay. But I will tell you Probably that best this, for our audience. this movie deals with uh, a grandfather paradox. Um, which, anybody who doesn't know what that is, A, go fuck yourself. B, <laughs> Wikipedia. All right, because you will find some fascinating information about mm. it. But that I do know. That being said, you know, I'm not a big reader. You know that, right? I'm an right. audiobook guy. I'm a movie watching guy. But I can't. I showed tell you a you, pamphlet to Kings Island once and you passed out. Exactly, because it was just too much. My brain just can't <laughs> take it in. Um, I also, I don't know what words are. You're so. like, 12 words! <laughs> <laughs> My head exploded. Um, but this is actually a short story that I read. Um, when I was younger and it captivated my imagination because I've always kind of had this weird fixation with time travel and this movie does something well excuse me the story does something super dark and weird with time travel and so um, but it has awesome performance by Ethan Hawke in it it deals with kind of a I can tell you this it deals with a bureau that um, basically uh, is like they're the time police so they kind of go through and they have to make sure certain events happen the way that they're supposed to that way um, the future isn't altered but there are certain... It's like the Adjustment Bureau? Right. Like the kind Matt Damon of. movie? Yes, kind of. Was the Matt Damon movie based no, off that same that story? No, um, that was another... Well, who's the other author that did like Payback and... Or not Payback, Paycheck, the, that awful Ben Affleck movie. Minority <laughs> Report. Like movie. What's the author of Minority Report? I don't remember. Like, but okay. that's, that was anyway, that guy? That guy. But similar situation um, where the Adjustment Bureau has to make sure things happen yeah, but, the way they're yeah, supposed to happen. Kind of, sort of. But okay. uh, where this one differs is... So this one is basically... Um, Ethan Hawke is an agent who does that and uh, there are certain I will leave you at this because I'm trying to figure out how to do this unspoilery Um, and it dawned on me Philip K. Dick that's who we were thinking of Philip K. Dick Uh, so Philip K. Dick wrote the other stuff but (laughs) but not not this Heinlein story okay so uh, anyway he goes back um, to to fix events but the main thing is there's something special about the people that time travel. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Cool. Something special. But I it's a fantastic movie. It. Please check it out. If it's high on your list, I have to watch it's it. It's super underrated. Um, I feel that way about time crimes, honestly. I agree. Most people have totally. seen it. A lot of people don't even know what it is. Right. I've run into that a bunch. So everyone go see it. That's okay. my number four. Great. Awesome. So my number three, here we go, is Looper. Hey, yeah. High five. Woohoo. Looper. 
good, though, It right? is so good. And that scene is exactly what I was going to bring up. The scene where the guy is running and his body parts start <laughs> disappearing as things are... I was just like, I love this. I this mean, what a genius. great, complicated performance by Jeff Daniels where he has a job, he doesn't want to do the job, but has to do it. And I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is, is fantastic in it, especially the mimics that he does of Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. The makeup job, too, is kind of weird. Like, they a did weird. a really good job of making him look very right. similar. So it was kind of eerie, like, watching their scenes together, too. But one of my favorite things, and I'll let you talk about it because this is your list choice, but the way that Ryan Johnson sets a futuristic movie on a, an old farm, like, it's, it completely played with your expectations of what the the story could be, but it approached time travel in such an interesting way, I thought. Oh, absolutely. And I even like the effect that they use for time travel when people just kind of pop into, <laughs> just come out of a, into the place. Come out of a boiler, basically. Right, right. they're just there. And yeah. so I, I, I find that super interesting. Instead of having like the weird like poof of smoke or whatever. Right, or the huge electricity burst that's right. very popular There's nothing. All of a sudden it's just like, boom, the yeah. person is there. And, and another odd. thing nice about Looper, you don't have to go dong out. No, there's that a is lot true. of time travel movies where clothes, for whatever reason, or can't travel matter. with you. Yeah, like, like your chest hair and your glasses can go with you, but your J Crew t-shirt, no, no. way, <laughs> not I think, a chance. I, th- I think maybe they're just like, uh, you know, no, they just want to try to populate a world of nudists in the past. I would, I would love in the future when time travel does become a reality and people go on vacations right. in time, like there'll be clothing stores. They'll be like time travel appropriate. <laughs> this can go with you. Like gap. Now time travel appropriate. <laughs> All right, if we ever make a time travel movie, we're going to include this concept in it. I love that so much. And they'll have like weird B and C less celebrities dancing to shitty pop music. It'll be on like the checklist. Like it'll be at like the airport where they're like loading you into the capsule for it. And they're like, come on. And they're like, sir, have you made sure that all of your clothing items are are securely time travel appropriate? They're like, because we would hate for you to pop up in the past. Completely nude. Especially traveling with this other family here. You have to put your things through like a metal detector but <laughs> time be, metal detector fantastic I, oh, love I would love it and then but, for some reason Kristen Chenoweth is still in the Gap commercials <laughs> in the future I also like the concept of if it's not time travel appropriate when when people appear naked in the past or future that their clothes are actually being transported to a different place in time so all of a sudden like you've got Napoleon like storming a battle in a pair of like sure Tommy Hill figures <laughs> just like sky. float out of the sky but that's why it's not time travel appropriate because for some reason whatever reason you can't like lock onto that signal so it's just like jets well then you have to go to the time travel terminal and talk to this customer service about your lost my lost luggage went to 1874 (laughs) we were supposed to be in 1784 can you guys retrieve that for me please can you pull it back my Doc Martens I'm sorry (laughs) sir there's nothing we can do I'm sorry and then like there's a store behind them of other lost luggage from the future that's popped up (laughs) in whatever time you're in so it's like it's luggage. like the really lost and found. Yeah. <laughs> lost in time, time and found. And found. <laughs> yes, I vibe. I no, love that so much. Okay, awesome. so I love That's that list. Wonderful. So Thank five you. through three. Remind us because we just went off on a tangent. All right, my five through three. I've got uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure number five. Amazing. Predestination, which you haven't seen and need to see at number four. Premonition from Sandra Bullock. That's right. <laughs> and Looper at number three, which we agree. We upon. agree on. So I think it's a perfect time for us to 
travel into the future, find out which uh, sponsors are doing a great job for us and bring them back to the past and put them on our podcast. I think we should too, but first, they're going to be my second favorites because my favorite sponsor is who's bringing us this episode, which is beardmoney.com. Oh, beardmoney.com. Go listen, go buy stuff from them, and then let's hear my second favorite sponsors. Use promo code high five for 20% off. Your future purchase or past purchase. Days of future past purchase? It's in the future. Second sponsors. Sponsors. First, there was the land before time. And then... There was the land before time, too. And then, there was the land before time, three. And after that, the land before time, four. And then also, the land before time, five. And after that, came the land before time, seven. But then, in a really unexpected move, was the land before time, eight. And then, the cinema classic, the land before time, nine. Then, in theaters, but also at home and not really in theaters. The Land Before Time 9. And then, following The Land Before Time 9, the Netflix-only release of Net- Land Before Time 10. And then, after Land Before Time 10, came the only exclusive to in-between YouTube videos special, Land Before Time 11. And then the Walmart exclusive, Land Before Time 12. And then, available only in a certain garbage can marked at Disneyland, Land Before Time 13. And following that, the Amazon exclusive, Land Before Time 14. And then following that, only given to a very special chosen few at St. Jude's Hospital. The Land Before Time 14? And then, telepathically distributed, The Land Before Time 15. And then, into the future traveling, but then into also the past, we don't know, The Land Before Time 16. And then, the Jake Gyllenhaal helmed where he does all the voices, Land Before Time 17? (laughs) Then, after Jake Gyllenhaal came a cast of no one, (laughs) the completely silent (laughs) Land Before Time 19. 18. 18. And following that, the Michael Douglas directed Land Before Time 19. And then, everyone remembers the Michael Bay reboot of Land Before Time, Land Before Time 20. (laughs) Which preceded the John Carpenter, Land Before Time XXI. (laughs) Then, Land Before Time 12. Because... That's just the way it goes. I think you mean 22. Yep. (laughs) But before 22, after 22, was episode 23, comma, Land Before Time. Yes. And then Land Before Time 24. Yes. (laughs) And then Jason versus Land Before Time. Yes. Parentheses 25. Then Land Before Time MIB. 26. (laughs) And finally, Land Before Time 27. 
join our fellow adventurers, Littlefoot, and his other dinosaur friends. Honestly, I'm going to stop you right there. This is too many movies. I, um... I just don't care about the franchise anymore. This is when they escape from the geriatrics home, though. But do they? They die there. The Notebook. (laughs) Watch it. Or don't. I don't care. A notebook with dinosaurs. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) That's too many movies. Stop making Land Before Times. (laughs) Cars 2. (laughs) 0.7. It's hard to say top, because they're not the top. I like yours a lot. I thought they were really good. I'm very curious to see your... And I'll get into it, why they're the How top about you ones. get into it right now, because we're already recording. <laughs> I'm going to do this. This is going to be a thing from now on. I'm just going to catch <laughs> you unaware. You're like, recording, so I just babble. I just fake things now. Do you have a mole on the inside of my thigh? <laughs> I did hear that you had a third nipple. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do, actually. It's a real thing. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my gosh! For anybody who can't who can't uh, see this, which is everyone, <laughs> I totally just saw Jay's third nipple. It's very um, in in um, in shape. Yeah, it is. It looks really good. It's got a good. I didn't know what it was until I was like sixteen, and I went to a doctor and asked. He's like, "That's yeah, a third nipple." I was like, "What?" He was <laughs> like, like yeah. I was like, "Like Chandler?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Great." <laughs> That's where you absorbed your twin. <laughs> that was weird. That I went I was like, "Like Chandler is my first." You got excited. For third nipple. I was like, "Yeah." That doesn't surprise me, though. Mm. I know you and you like friends. Anyway, so, so where are we? We are at our top two. Top two. My favorite two. That is But your we just two. listened to my second favorite sponsors. Right. So now, just like your second favorite sponsors, I want you to give me your second favorite movie. Okay. So, so far, with Looper and Primer already mentioned, uh-huh. the top two were hard because this, these might be some that everybody share, and I hate to be like super commonplace about it because I'm a hoity-toity asshole, but <laughs> the top two for me are going to be popular, but they're the two that really, in my mind, epitomized what a time travel story was okay. and fucked with my mind the most. Okay. So number two, not so much. Number one, most definitely. But number two is Back to the Future yep. by Zemeckis. Yep. The that original? movie, yes, the okay. original. Now I love the second one because it introduced the hovercraft and it introduced like Biff in the future and like the Donald Trump led world that we're almost about to be a part of. So really, it was a documentary. <clears throat> it was. It was a future documentary. <laughs> um, but that movie, to me, with with just the humor in it, uh, the references that Zemeckis puts in, how good Michael J. Fox is, how good Christopher Lloyd is. The whole movie, to me, is almost a perfect film. Like, if we ever do, or we ever get to a place where we do a top ten, like, favorite movies. It's going to be, like, top five perfect films. <laughs> top five. <laughs> if we ever do a top five time travel movies episode, it's going to be on there. Surprise. At least in a top two, probably number two. You think so? <laughs> probably. Man. Man. I wish we could have like audio thought bubbles, like or like a dream wipe to like well, this episode. The weird thing is that VH1 reached out to reached out to us to see if we wanted to do a pop up <laughs> podcast, and we said that's the stupidest fucking idea ever, and that's why you're out of business. Like, yeah, we don't exist anymore. And I said, great. So my number two was Back to the Future. <laughs> 
Yeah. Was Back to the Future. I mean, come on, you've seen it. How good is it? I've never seen it. Mm. That's a lie. I <laughs> definitely see it. Don't you lie? I love that movie. And uh, I mean, yeah. Zemeckis is a master. Yep. Let's just say that. Yeah. Flat out. Um, but Back to the Future is kind of that perfect film where you get to go back and almost fuck your mom and. It, uh, you know, everybody ride that. a bike yep. and buy a sports almanac. Pretend you're you're Calvin Klein, right? Like because of your underwear. Yeah. You know, oh, I wish hey, I was. Hey, you a- can make up a song for Chuck Berry. <laughs> Remember that? That's like the equivalent of going back in time and writing Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> screw you, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Marty McFly's a real asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if you went back into the future and they're like, in the new, in the oldies by Calvin Klein? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Even worse, suddenly I'm going to like dig through some archives and it's going to be like, high five the podcast was actually done like, <laughs> like 200 years ago before by podcast. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> yeah. What an asshole. What this is the second time he's done oh, that. Oh, man. Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd got into a room and talked about movies. <laughs> oh. I call I call Michael J. Fox. Wait, no, 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 no. I call Christopher Lloyd. No, it's too late. <laughs> too late. Post disease. New, uh, no disease. Pre disease. Pre disease. Post disease. <laughs> new disease. No disease. I call I call Michael J. Fox first season of Spin City. <laughs> I call Charlie Sheets who replaced him. <laughs> All right, we're being mean. So, okay, I really like that. But yep. yes, Back to the Future and my number one. Yep. Do you want to guess? Uh, Don't guess. It's Twelve Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's great. With uh, it's the Mon- Terry Gilliam movie. Yes, that explains why you were so fixated on Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Exactly. I told you that Brad Pitt would have a place in my list. That is. And your heart. Outside of outside of Fight Club is my favorite Brad Pitt performance, and he's only in the movie for like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, but it's awesome. But that scene in the insane. Anytime anyone tells me that he's just oh a pretty boy and he doesn't can't act, which for whatever reason people tell me a lot, that's the movie <laughs> I point them to. I don't I don't send them to Fight Club. I don't send them to anything else. I send them to that movie or. Um, Thelma and Louise. But <laughs> what? He's in Thelma and Louise. I know, but no. I don't send him to that. What I about, send him to this movie. Hey, what's that one movie that he was in with Juliette Lewis, California? Is that that movie's good. That is a good With movie. Michael Douglas? Yeah. I have that movie. Yeah, I yeah, own that movie. Anyway, good. 12 Monkeys, Terry Gillum. If you want to talk about a movie that fucks with your head, yeah. when, spoiler alert, and I'm sorry, but you should have seen this movie by now, the end when he watches as a child himself get shot in the airport, and it paces it so well because you really never see it coming unless you've listened to this podcast. Right. Which <laughs> now everyone's going to see yeah. it coming. But see, when he buys that wig, you don't really think of it. Yep. When he puts on that shirt, you don't really think of it. Yeah. When he puts on the mustache, you're like, okay. And then he walks into the airport and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That is one of my favorite moments in any time travel movie is the realization of everything coming full circle. And the uh, the movie being about coming full circle, flat circle, yep. the the way it's told. Obviously, Terry Gillum is a fantastic director, but that movie, in my mind, epitomizes the experience you're supposed to have and the writing. Because time travel is a tricky story to tell. It is oh, hard absolutely. to get it right. And no matter what time travel movie or time travel story is relayed. 
there's always going to be holes in it because there's no perfect way to tell oh, a time travel movie. For but sure. I think that comes almost as close as you possibly can. I'm, so I'm, I can get behind that is that. my number one favorite time travel movie is Twelve Monkeys, and and I'm talking about the show, talking right. about the movie, and I'll watch that movie any day of the week with anybody. Let's watch it right now. Okay, I'm turning the podcast off. Here we go. Pause. <laughs> Beardmate.com. All right, so we're back <laughs> from watching. So that's my that's my top five. So Groundhog Day, Looper, Primer, Back to the Future, and Twelve Motherfucking Monkeys. I love it. Thanks, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I want these motherfucking Twelve Monkeys on my motherfucking, motherfucking list. Twelve Car Train. <laughs> so I think that's pretty solid. Now it's time for my top two. Top two. Now my top two. I went to the future. Okay. Retrieved. But then erased my memory, Men in Black style, so I wouldn't remember your list. Is your number one Men in Black three? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a time travel movie. It is. A, I would consider that time travel light. No, I would consider that movie light. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, okay, number two. My number two is Back to the Future. Yes. Yay! <laughs> Back to the Future, the first one. Now, I mean, I agree with you. Robert Zemeckis, A, is an awesome director and, yeah. and made two movies that in my childhood growing up shaped how I see movies. Polar Express and The Wire? Um, yes. Wait, not, exactly. not The Wire, The Walk. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, uh, Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, man. We talked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who Framed Roger <laughs> or Rabbit. who fried him, <laughs> Who fried him? Who fried him? We talked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit on the last episode. We sure did. It's such a good movie. It is a good movie, and Robert Zemeckis is an amazing director. I agree. He has a really good way of of taking fantastical concepts and and putting them in a way that it feels so classic and timeless. He grounds fantastical elements right. really well. Yeah, and it, it kind of blows my mind. And with this movie, um, you know, I showed it to my kids. My kids love Back to the Future. Everybody loves love Back to the Future. But it, there's something about it that has a quality that's timeless. Even though right. it clearly in the first part takes place in the 80s. It still feels timeless. The story right. is timeless. The characters are timeless. Have you seen that documentary it, about it? Oh, There's yeah. like a documentary. A back in time. I think yeah, it it's amazing. Yeah. It's like the, the cultural impact of that movie has been incredible. Like we still celebrate Back to the Future Day. I remember last year I still in 2015. Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> right. <laughs> Huey Lewis still reads the news. Exactly. In his poor house. Exactly. Um, but we had Back to the Future Day. Right. Well, because in the second one, which neither of it, well, I don't know your number one, but you know, I wish I could have included both of them yeah. because number two is, it gets poo-pooed on a lot for some reason, but I don't know why. It's I love that movie. movie. Is the yeah. hovercrafts with us, you know starting Elijah Wood's career? Big deal. Yeah, you know the he's only, in that movie, right? No. Yeah, Elijah Wood's very first on-screen appearance is in Back to the Future Two. Think, okay. As- he's the kid in the cafe that's playing the video games. He's like, you have to use your hands. That's Elijah Wood. That's Elijah Wood's first movie. That's pretty fantastic. I like that little fact. Google it. It's a true thing. I'm not making it. I make up a lot of facts, but this one's true. Google it. Yeah. Mm. He went to the past, saw the movie, came to the future to tell us about it. With the ring from Mordor. That's right. Yeah. Wow. It was Um, great. But yeah, I mean, Back to the Future is a great movie. It was an awesome ride for a long time. Mm -hmm. Universal. That was like one of my favorites when I was a kid. 
But it's one of those things. I played uh, the Telltale Games game. It was oh, awesome. You, well, also old, written old, by Bob Gale. The old wrote the first uh, one. Sega Genesis or Nintendo game was really good, too. Not to like totally spin off into a game podcast, though, but have you... Have you played the Telltale games, Back to the Future? I no, I don't play a lot of those Telltale games. Not okay. for any particular reason, me not liking them, but I just for those types of games don't really appeal to me that well, much. Well, this may excite you because the Telltale games was written by Bob Gale, nice. who wrote the original Back to the Future, right. and it plays as Back to the Future Four. Oh. <clears throat> I'll check it out. So it is absolutely worth checking out. The Telltale games I'm most familiar with are the Walking Dead ones. Yeah, no, this one was those before were that, and this is it's, it was yeah. an okay game, but it's more exciting because it's uh, Christopher Lloyd was voicing Doctor Brown really? again. Now, unfortunately, Michael J. Fox couldn't, considering his condition, but they have a a sound alike actor that That's sound awesome. that got it spot on. Have you seen the early? Scene takes because Michael J. Fox was the second actor. To yeah, be he was only supposed to be what's his face. The, yeah, uh, what's his face? That's right. That's from the name. fly too. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> Brendan Gleeson? Nah, no, that's not right. Um, don't don't Google it. We can do Google later. But anyway, have you seen the early screen tests of all the scenes in the parking lots that were not Michael J. Fox? Yes. Those are really interesting are. to watch. And <clears throat> I again, agree. they bring that up. I think they bring that up in the documentary, but it's such a fun aspect of that movie to see it portrayed in a different way. I agree. Eric Stoltz. That's it, Stoltz. That's it. The guy Eric from uh, um, Sin City. The, the yellow two. guy. The fly two. Yeah. Or the yellow guy from Sin City. Isn't, that, isn't he the yellow guy? No. That's, no. Uh, that's Nick. Nick Stoltz. Nick's, Nick's His cousin. Stahl. Nick Stahl. They're related. Sure. Sure. All right. Whatever. So number that's two, my number two. We match. Yay. High number five one. on that. And my number one is. Primer. Hey, awesome. 12 Monkeys nowhere on your list? Uh, no. That's sad. Uh, well, I'll tell you why. Um, I love uh, 12 Monkeys. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Um, but for me, it's one of those that. Um, it just, I don't know. It's not one of those that's, like, I, I love Terry Gilliam as a mm-hmm. director, but it's not Imaginarium, Dr. Parnassus is so good. Uh, all of his movies are amazing, except for The Brothers Grimm. I was yeah. a little... Brooklyn. I was a little sketchy. really good. Um, have you seen Zero Theorem? Yeah. That was a really good Super movie. good. Anyway. But anyway, yes. Primer. Primer's my number one. Primer, for me, was the ultimate time travel mindfuck. Like, it hurt my head so bad after the first time I watched it that I immediately watched it again. I was going to say, I have to be honest, I didn't understand it the first time I watched it. Like, I went through the whole thing being thoroughly enjoyed and enjoying the film. Yeah. But I got to the end, I was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. And I had to watch it again. Yeah. I, I immediately, and, and that's why it holds my number one spot, because it made me think. It may it, be the smartest time travel movie that's ever been written. I agree. And it held, I mean, it just captivated me to the point, and I can't say that about a lot of movies, that upon the end credits, I immediately started the movie over again and was yeah. like, I'm going to watch this again. Like, I have to figure this out. Well, and the way that the movie wraps itself and the, the more you understand as things go on, and Shane Carruth has a, has a talent for doing this because Upstream Color was the same way for me, is that you learn what's happening 
as the movie goes on. As it's happening. So you almost have to watch it again to see everything in context right. to understand the story. It's basically like reading a huge riddle, then being told the answer before you understand it, and then listening to the riddle again so you can figure out why it makes sense. And actually, that second viewing was I, I loved it the first time mm-hmm. and I loved it even oh. more the second time and I've continued to to love it more and more every view. That's that's one of the great things about him in particular as a director is all of his stories do that. And I, I can't begin to explain how smart I think uh, Shane Carruth is. But, you know, because Primer and Upstream Color both work that way. Upstream Color for almost 30 minutes makes no, no sense. sense. Yeah. Until you see what's happening and understand the realities of the world they're living in and then you put it all in context like, the second oh, time you watch shit. it. It's like, oh, pigs. Right. But primer, since that's what we're talking about, is the same way. Yeah. It's those guys working out of their garage and making clones of themselves, right. air quotes, but realizing that. And I love the concept of time travel being like minutes instead of years. Right. And I like I like their whole like you have to stay in the box for the length of time that you're trying to travel yeah. for. And I I really like the longer that you do that. I, I like the low. Okay. I guess the best way to describe it, highbrow, low tech. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it feels very technical, but the device and the effects that they use is very lo-fi, lo-fi. super lo-fi. And, well, and one of the things I think is interesting about so the concept. Okay. So high concept, lo-fi. Yeah. That's what I was trying high, to Hashtag high concept lo-fi. Yeah. If there are other movies out there that people can think of that do that really well, you know, share hashtag with us on with Twitter. Sure. But, you know, that movie does that in a way where most time travel movies, 12 Monkeys, you know, My List included, uh, Looper, time travel has been perfected or economized in some way. So right. we don't get to see the startup version of, of time travel. And which is... The, and, that's, and, and that primer to me fills that gap of being able to... The best way to describe yeah. it because it is totally like a Steve Jobs stumbling upon yeah. an Apple computer in a garage kind right. of setup. Like if you replace Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs with Shane Carruth and the other actor that's in that movie, and you change everything about it and make it about computers, you have the Apple story. I don't know where I was going with that. You have Ashton Kutcher for some reason, yeah, and that's Jason weird. and Josh Gad. And Michael Fassbender. No, he's in, in an the alternate other one. timeline. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like a, yeah. a Rick and Morty type situation. Exactly. But it really is kind of that bridging that gap of where we are now as opposed to where most movies are like, okay, time travel is just established or like uh, Groundhog Day where it's just magical and happens. It sort of is that middle ground of, well, this is sort of how it could work. And if it's going to work, it's probably going to start out that way. I agree. So, so okay. I'm glad it's, that you feel the same. It's definitely on my list, but it's such a new development and 12 monkeys and back to the future have such sure. a bigger connection to my life that that, right. Those, those come because before you want to be Michael J. Fox. Yes. All right. Well, no season one. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, so I'm going to run through my top five. I've got number five, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Number four, predestination, not premonition, although premonition, eh. Sandra Bullock. Three is looper. Number two is back to the future. High five. High five. And number one is Primer, Shane Carruth's magnum opus. I I think it's great. I love your list. This is the one, this is a time we don't actually have to disagree on any of them. Yeah, and uh, I think it's fantastic. We can so just mutually stand in respect of each other's yeah. lists. 
I like that you went into the future to make sure that we would not have animosity for this episode. You're welcome. Yeah. See, much like I predicted our wild stallion-like future, I'm already having High Five the Podcast create world peace. Amazing. I love it. All right, so while we focus on our world piece, let's uh, let's hear from from some second favorite sponsors. Yes. Because our first favorite is, of course, beardmoney.com. Beards. this really exclusive place that nobody else really knows about yet and I just wanted to know if well I mean you can't like tell anybody you're gonna go but I guess I could get you in or whatever but if you tell me you're gonna go how am I gonna go um well I mean it's kind of a secret place I mean only a few people really know about it I guess I can tell you the name or whatever it's called Mr. Hipster's House of Whatever I mean it's 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 so cool though I mean I really don't know that like but the fact of me liking it and wanting to go there means I can't go there because other people are going to like it and want to go there. It's Mr. Hipster's house of whatever. I mean, what do you even do there? I mean, really whatever. I mean, they really only let one Pearson in at a time. Pearson? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it's very, uh, it's like, I don't know, like, you got to like not care about going before you can find out where it is. I wish you'd stop reading your phone. While we're talking about Mr. Hipster's house and whatever, uh, it's like totally whatever. But it's really important to me because I posted this image on Instagram a while ago, and I just want to make sure people are following it. I mean, it's not like I care about whether they're following it or not or whatever, but I mean, I, I went through the effort of putting it out there. It's for my really exclusive brand of, you know, um, specialized ice cubes that I'm right. right. It's artisan. I make artisan dry ice. Do you? Yeah. You know what's crazy? What? Right now we're at Mr. Hipster's house or whatever. Sponsors, no, second favorite sponsors. Second favorite after beardmoney.com. That's right. Who are great. And they uh, should go there and get 20% off the purchase with the code high five. That's right. Great. Absolutely. I'm so, bad at commercials, by the way. <laughs> so bad at commercials. I want you to now tell us about the game that we are going oh, to be playing. Game time. Okay. So we're going to play one of our favorite games, which is Hollywood Recast. Yes. So as you know, this is when we pick a, uh, a movie and we recast it with current actors. But what I've done differently this time, since it's a time travel episode, we can choose from living or dead actors in whatever prime of their life we want. So we can have, you know, now Matt Damon, or we can have Goodwill Hunting Matt Damon, or we can have a past person or some other example of a thing that I could say. 
<laughs> Make sense? <laughs> sure. You know how to play a Hollywood recast. We pick a movie and we recast it. So Let's pull it. out of the hat. You ready? Yeah, do it. What'd you get? Ooh, I feel Terminator. <laughs> okay. Which actually works out perfectly because yeah. this is our time travel episode. Awesome. I love it. All I right, like so that you put Terminator. a time travel movie in the game for time travel. Okay, so we have to obviously do the Arnold Schwarzenegger role. Yep. We have to do the Sarah Connor role. Yep. And we, we have to do the John Connor role. Yep. And I think we also need to do uh, what's the uh, what's the guy Sean, the Michael Bean role? Is that his name? Michael Bean. Michael. The, which, the, which the character that goes back in time to save. Oh yeah. Uh, what's what's this character? Why can I not think of his character's name? I don't know. Boop 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 do do do. Can't remember things that we'd have a movie podcast. I've been and drinking since the beginning know of this. These stuff. characters. Because it's really uh, Kyle Reese. There, thank you, Kyle okay. Reese. So we have to do not the John Connor. That's who I was thinking of. So we have to do Terminator, Sarah Connor, and Kyle Reese. Yep. Those would be the three that I would say. All right. Is there anybody else in that movie that's like a main character? Not I don't really, think so. Because the first one is pretty much those. Yeah, just those. Those okay. characters. So let's do that one. Let's start with the Terminator. This is the okay. hardest one because Arnold Schwarzenegger pretty much embodies this character. So who nowadays, besides Has Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> that like still, still is living? Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, or in the past? I know. I'm trying to think. Um, I think the... Like if they were legit to remake this movie right now, like an actual honest to God remake, right. I have a sinking feeling that it would be someone like The Rock. Yeah, I love The Rock. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie that I think he would be good. I don't I couldn't see him doing that. I got it. This is not an old actor, but I something that I think that could do menacing, Dave Batista. See, Batista would actually be really good, I think. Or or the dude who plays the mountain in Game of Thrones. Yeah. That Scandinavian dude. Yeah, I can't yeah, think yeah. of his name. He's, He's like Norwegian. ginormous. Yeah, like Skusenfistikabush. Yeah, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, so Skusenfistikabush. He could do it really well because, one, he's huge and menacing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Two, in Game of Thrones currently, you know, he's playing right. the zombied character right. version of himself, so he can do Deadeye. He can do mechanical. Yeah, just that But kind then of again, Bautista also can from Game. I mean, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. I thought he did and great he as Spectre. Yeah, but he's that, not like, as mechanical. Henchman, dude. I don't, yeah, he was not used well. But see, Spectre. here's the only thing that about. Yeah, I just don't know. I, th- I actually like your mountain suggestion. Because, because, yeah, because I think. Um, I think Batista even has a little bit like his face is just. It's not. He's happy. Yeah. He's got Something some about it is him. like there's a little bit of sunshine. And the mountains, like you can't, you can't have any happiness in your face when you crush someone's skull. Right. So he is amazingly mechanical to me. Right. I, and that I would could, be incredibly menacing. I could get behind that. So okay, Fenustis as as the Terminator, as the Terminator, as the Terminator. All right. So Sarah Connor. Now we've got to figure oh, out. Man, this is going to be a hard one. If we stick with Game of Thrones, they've already recast they, it with a Game of Thrones. And I was about to say that is who's with, already uh, been cast. Em, Emil Clark, Emil, Emily Emilia Clark, Emilia Clark. Clark. That's it. Yeah. With an E. The Khaleesi. 
Yeah. Khaleesi. Daenerys Targaryen. But yes, I thought she was fantastic. And honestly, who I could probably see doing that role. Now, that movie, Genesis, whatever they were in, was not good. No. But she could, she can play Sarah yeah. Connor. Okay, let's scratch her, though. Okay. Because it's been She's done. off the table. She's off the table because she's played it. Okay. Who else? So, who else embodies that strong, think. feminine, militaristic? I mean, Demi Moore in her prime, maybe? Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver in her prime? You know what I mean? Like a young Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. Actually, I could agree with that. So in nowadays, right. and then a, an in her prime, alien era. level era Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Right. And because this is a time travel episode, we can pick what time period the actor that would now it would have to be in my opinion alien era because after once alien two hit sigourney weaver super badass and sarah connor in the first one was not not yeah she had that she had but you also got to remember sigourney weaver also in that time that aliens hit also was doing ghostbusters right so she was playing (laughs) super feminine like she was not a badass in that movie although she was zool she was Zool. There is, <laughs> there no, is no Dana. Dana. There is only Zool. Only Zool. So, but yeah, so let's say Alien 1 era Sigourney Weaver as Sarah Connor. Man, I might have to push back a little bit because I don't think she's as every day. Like, cause even in Alien, she's a super smart scientist and she's very assertive. Like, Sarah Connor in that first movie, if you remember, is like working at KFC and yeah. it's just kind of, it's almost like a Mila Kunis type, but I need, but I would need someone not. who could be as hard ass at the end as she is. So someone who can play the victim and play the hero because that was one thing that I think Genesis left out is that Amelia Clark did never played the victim. She was right. always badass in that movie. I agree. And I think that Amelia Clark plays that well, but I need, we need someone who can play both. So what about uh, – and I can't remember her name. Actually, I'm going to look up her name before I say it because I think I have a really, really good suggestion. I think the, I think the main character from Orphan Black – Tatiana Maslany. Maslany. I think she could do it incredibly. All right, I'm sold on that because I love yeah. Orphan Black. So she I can think play she's awesome. the duality of characters. I think she has the look of someone who would feel like an everyday early twentiesite. Yep. And then she could easily turn around and be an assassin, be a badass. I'm just going to let you recast the rest of this movie because so far yeah. your suggestions are so winning. So we've got Ustin Pistin yep. and as Terminator and Tatiana Maslany as, as Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor. So now we need a Kyle Reese. We need that rugged, you know, semi-charming right. but battle-hardened male – Right. Heroine, who actually doesn't end up really having to be the male heroine. He's kind right. of like the eye candy, even. So I'm thinking, you know, we don't want someone as charismatic and witty as a Harrison Ford Han no. Solo. We don't want that. But we don't want, like, gritty Dolph Lundgren Kindergarten Cop 2, either. It has to be someone in the middle. I would almost say, um, oh, man, like a Timothy Oliphant. Possibly. Yeah. Or who was a justified? Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Even a Josh Duhamel 
Because they're pretty much the same person. I always get them confused. <laughs> they're the same person. They, I think I'm fairly the confident person. they're just two actors collect or one actor collecting <laughs> two salaries <laughs> by playing different people. I'm gonna go ahead and pause it. I'm gonna put that out there in the world. The Timothy Olyphant and Josh Duhamel are the same person. They're the same person. I could not agree with you. Just more. collecting double the paycheck by <laughs> pretending to be two different actors. <laughs> but like some someone like him, like you know, if you went back in time, like a Clark Gable, he's too too charismatic for that. Yeah. He doesn't have the grit. He doesn't have the battle worn. Yeah. Maybe an early, early, um, Dirty Harry. Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Like early, young Clint Eastwood. I think, yeah, but I even think too he's hard. Too hard. Too grit. And too, um, the audience is just drawn to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he is just too the leading man. You need somebody that could kind of fade into the background because really, ultimately, it's about Sarah Connor. Yes, it is. Well, Sarah Connor and Ustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustifinustif
appropriate clothing that I'm aware <laughs> they did of. Not. The Gap might, but you have might. to watch for their Kristen Chenoweth commercial. Right. I'm looking at movies that Josh Duhamel has been in. So, I mean, he's been in good stuff, but yeah. I just can't... Like, name a movie off the top of your head that Josh Duhamel's been in. Uh, Transformers. Besides that. Uh... Transformers. <laughs> Transformers 2. He was in 112263. He was. That's not a movie, but that's that's it was a fantastic it was like a, show. It's like a television event. Dude, I'm reading Stephen King's son's new book, like Joe Hill's new book, yeah. The Fireman. It's awesome. Is it? Yeah. When did that come out? Like two weeks ago. All right. Stephen I like, King's I really son like is a his good Lock author. Key series. Lock and Key is great. Um, his book Nosferatu, which I think is getting made into a show. There was like an aborted TV version of Lock and Key. Yeah, I was real bummed because they should have made that. Yeah, it, that would totally. I mean, especially with like now nowadays is like all the comic book adaptations of television. I think that would be totally that different. or um, I mean, this is a different author that I love, but Gaiman like Sandman. Sandman. Somebody should make Sandman into a show. Yeah, I agree with that. I love Neil Gaiman. I wish more of his, like, Stardust wasn't that great. I wish his movies were better. Neil Gaiman's awesome. Neil Gaiman is awesome. He wrote Coraline. He did. Well, that's a good movie. That's a good adaptation of his... Well, I think, you know, his director Selleck did that, didn't he? Yes. You love Selleck. I love him. So, I mean, that movie was awesome. Like, that that medium, like, claymation, stop motion, is really good for his type of story. I agree. Um but I don't think they've done him well in any other way. Like this book, Good Omens, I, it was one of my favorite books. But I don't think they could ever make it into a show. I would, I would I'm be very skeptical. I'd be very hey, skeptical. They've got a new uh, American Gods. That is I have my fingers crossed so hard that that's good because that was the first book I read by Neil Gaiman, and I flew through it. I thought it was great. It was actually one of the first outside of Marvel embodiments of Loki that I thought was done well. All right, um, that's fair. But yeah, that, hey, that book, sh- everybody should I got read. an idea. Let's go watch Predestination. <laughs> awesome. Premonition? Yes. Sandra We'll have a double Bullock. feature. A, a premonition about predestination. <laughs> a premonition predestination? Yeah. So let's go. Okay. I mean, are we still recording? We're done, right? Yeah, let's go. That's a wrap. Cut printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here. Psst. Hey, you. You made it to the end of the podcast. And guess what? There's a little something at the end of the credits. And for those of you that didn't make it, go five yourself. But I want to wear a Fitbit and compete with my people in the office. What should I do? Well, I'll tell you what you should do. You should get the Sitbit. The Sitbit calculates all your calories while you're watching episodes of whatever on Netflix. So listen to the Sitbit instead of your Fitbit. Listen to this customer testimonial. So I've been sitting for like... 
three days straight. And my Sitbit says I'm doing great. This is just as accurate and scientifically palpable as the Fitbit, as which we all know miscalculate steps at every turn. So why not get steps and, ca- and burn calories while watching Netflix? I also have one of these, and I have urinated on myself three times because I didn't want to break my sit-bit streak of sitting. The longer you sit, the more points you get. With Netflix. Sit-bit. And Netflix.